Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 66. Hey, Richers, it's Hayut with a new episode of the Rich Omis show, where I talk with my guests about the only one way that marketing works like magic for entrepreneurs. This is by focusing on your customers and finding the right target audience you should focus on. Just because the awareness that we like to get and the demand and the money that we are looking for is in their hearts, minds, and pockets. And before I will present my very, very special guest today, I would like to thank you. I would like to thank you because the only reason that we are growing from show to show is you. And you are the only reason that this show is succeeding. So thank you. And if this is the first time you are listening to us, I'm very happy you are here and you are more than welcome to download and subscribe to the show and join us every Monday morning or whenever you are listening to this podcast for a new episode. About today's guest, I don't have gurus. But if I would have marketing gurus, he is definitely one of the two. And I'm so happy that my guest today is Mark Schaefer. Mark Schaefer is a globally recognized author, speaker, podcaster, and business consultant who blogs at Grow, one of the top five marketing blogs of the world. He teaches graduate marketing classes at Rutgers University and has written six best-selling books including The Tao of Twitter, the best-selling book on Twitter in the world, and The Content Code, named by Inc. Magazine as one of the top five marketing books of the year. And his new book, Known, the handbook for building and unleashing your personal brand in the digital age. Mark also wrote the classic first book on influence marketing, Return on Influence, his many global clients include Pfizer, Cisco, Dell, Adidas, and the U.S. Air Force. He has been a keynote speaker at prestige events all over the world, including SXSW, Marketing Summit Tokyo, and the Institute of International and European Affairs. He has appeared as a guest on media channels such as CNN and Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and CBS News. Mark Schaefer, it is a real, real, real great honor for me. Hi. Hello. How are you? The pleasure and honor is mine. I'm so happy you are here. I think there are so many things that our listeners will be able to hear from you. So I'm very happy you are here. And I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us, what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Oh, that's always the question, isn't it? (laughs) 
you know, I'm a person that that always looks forward. And so I'm always kind of in a process of uh, of reinvention. And I think what's really exciting to me now is when I tend to get almost like obsessed with big problems in our in our business. Yeah. So when I wrote the book, The Content Code, the big problem I was obsessed with is that marketing doesn't work like it used to. Content marketing, the world has changed. We've got to think in a new way. When I wrote Known, my latest book, it was about today to create an effective, powerful, personal brand is really the only sort of sustainable competitive advantage we have. And the question I answered was, can anybody become known? Is, is it possible for anybody to become known? And yeah. the question I'm wrestling with now is that everywhere I go, marketing seems to be stuck. And there are a few symptoms. Number one, yeah. people are overwhelmed by technology. Number two, they're perhaps overusing technology. Or number three, they're stuck in ineffective yeah. patterns. I'll give you an example. I'm working with a big Fortune 100 company right now. They created a social media department probably in 2010. And the job of this department was to crank out content for Facebook and other social media channels. And so that okay. is their job. And that's what they do. But the world has changed a lot since 2010, and they're not looking up to realize oh. the stuff that they're doing doesn't work anymore. They've got a department, they've got a job, and they're so so they're you know they're chunking this out. And I see that in big companies and small that maybe they took a class or they went to a workshop or they read a book in 2015 or 2014, and that's kind of how they've created their marketing efforts. Yeah. And I can guarantee, you know, almost guarantee you that whatever worked in 2014 isn't working today. For sure. Just take the rules that have changed with Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. So the idea that I have that I've been thinking about and working upon is really that the common theme is that marketing is too tech-centric instead of human-centric. <laughs> sure. We want the marketing easy button. We want that, you know, we want to, you know, do social listening. And we think we can find insight through social listening. We don't want to talk to our customers anymore. We just want to monitor them on Twitter. And <laughs> we automate everything. And we're losing our heart and we're losing our soul and we're losing our way. Marketing is really, it's sick right now. It is. It is. I do agree with you. And... I'm glad that you agree. That's good. <laughs> I definitely agree with you. And I would like to ask you a question which is not usually, I don't usually ask, what is marketing for you? How would you define it today? Marketing is, it's finding unmet and underserved needs, creating demand for those needs in a unique way. hopefully by establishing an emotional connection. I think that's a key idea today. I mean, not always, because sometimes you just want a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just need petrol for your car and you don't need to, an emotional connection. But I think to establish a brand, yeah. instead of just serving a need because you're hungry or you need petrol, um, 
I think to establish a brand that usually involves some sort of awareness, some sort of trigger in your heart and your mind. And I think that's the real opportunity today for marketing. I love that. I, I just think that marketing is today not for marketers. There are so many entrepreneurs and startup founders that starts mainly by themselves or there are two or yeah. three, and they should do marketing as well. Well, you're really hitting on a, on a hot button for me because I love working with entrepreneurs and, and startup communities. I, that's, I, just, I just love that energy. But the biggest frustration I have is that marketing is almost always overlooked. Startups and entrepreneurs, they're in love with an idea. They're in love with a business model and they put off marketing. They think, oh, marketing, that's DIY. I can read some blog posts and I can do that. But marketing is about finding and acquiring customers. And if you don't have customers, you don't have a business. Totally. So marketing has to be front and center in your business plan. And that's hard. Here's my, here's my own confession. When I was starting my business, which is a marketing business, and sure. I created this business plan, the page in the business plan that stayed blank the longest period of time was the marketing page. Oh. It's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. But you've got to address it. And if you're not a natural marketer, if you're not trained in marketing, you've got to get help because marketing really is, is the centerpiece of the business, no matter how good your idea is, no matter how much you're in love with it. If you don't have customers, you're not going to have a business. Sure. Wow. Um, the last 10 years of my career, I've spent with startups and entrepreneurs trying to help them do marketing. And I worked with more than 120 companies, and that's what I'm trying to do. So I thank you so much for this answer. I love that. I want to ask you, what is your best advice for any entrepreneur or startup founder that listen to us? What is the best advice regarding customer approach or customer focus on anything regarding marketing and sales? Well, I'll give you... Um... I'll tell you a little story that I think describes my answer. I was uh, contacted by a young guy who was starting with a company. It was a company in the Midwest. And he said, I'm, I'm really struggling creating a social media and content program for my customer. And I, I felt sorry for the guy. He was just out of school and he wanted to do well. And so I said, well, you know, call me up and I'll see if I can help you. Hmm. So I said, have you been out to visit your customers? <laughs> he said, no. And he had been at this company for about six months. Wow. And so, and this tends to be too much of a focus today. People immediately jump to social media. Yeah. It just seems like the thing to do. It just seems like low hanging fruit. That's not marketing. It's not marketing. So I said, you need to get out. Are there salespeople in your office? He said, yeah. I said, are they out visiting customers? He said, yeah. I said, I want you to go to your boss and tell him that for the next two weeks, you are going to be tagging along with these salespeople hmm. and you're going to be talking to customers. And I want you to see what are your competitors doing? I want you to talk to your customers and saying, what do you love about your business? 
What do you hate about your business? What keeps you up at night? Mm -hmm. Where can we serve you better? Marketing can be about better delivery, sure. different types of pricing, collaborative advertising, end of aisle marketing in his case. Yeah. It could be about different sizes. It could be about different packaging. That's marketing. It's about, like I said, it's finding those unmet and underserved needs and doing it faster and more effectively than your competitors. Hmm. One of the greatest marketing successes in my career was finding a unique transportation and delivery solution for my customer that kind of blocked out a competitor. Hmm. It meant millions and millions and millions of dollars for my company had nothing to do with social media or blog posts. <laughs> But with the need. We need to take a more holistic view of what marketing really needs today. We need to get back to the heart of what we're trying to do and not be so obsessed with, with social media. And if you have to say it as an advice, what would you advise? Get out and talk to customers. Love that. It'd be the, it'd be the same advice that I gave this young man, is that the, the truth, the wisdom, the insights are out there. You just have to be humble enough to go out, ask questions, and learn and listen. And the truth, your marketing plan will come to you, but you just have to go out and ask the right questions and listen. Wow, I love that. And of course, I agree with that. Jeremiah Gardner, perhaps I'll ask you about the recommended tool. So he said, a cup of coffee with your customers. Go talk ah, with them. Ah, <laughs> that is beautiful. Right. I love that. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Okay, you can. <laughs> it's, it's a great answer. I love that. And you can steal it. I want to ask you, what was your biggest, most critical failure? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey or your journey the most? Oh, one of them. What is it? Can you share it with us? Well, it wasn't necessarily a failure with my uh, customer. It was a failure with <laughs> me. And um, the entrepreneurial journey is also a journey of self-discovery, self-awareness. And um, my fatal flaw, the thing that I am not good at and that I don't enjoy is is selling and self-promotion. Hmm. And it's ironic because um, I saw this uh, article in the New York Times uh, many years ago, and it said, oh, I think they had done some research or something. They said, here are the five characteristics of a successful entrepreneur. And so I was reading down this and like, number one, yep, that's me. Number two, <laughs> yep, that's me. Number five was you have to be good at selling. Oh. And I thought, nope, that is not hmm. me. And I've had sales jobs in my career, but they were enterprise sales. They were more, it wasn't out getting the hunt. It wasn't business development. It was like relationship development of existing accounts and growing existing accounts. And that's something I was very good at. So I, I kind of had this self-awareness that I didn't enjoy selling, I didn't enjoy self-promotion, and I got into an entrepreneurial venture that really took heavy, heavy lifting 
on B2B sales. I created a little company. I, I had this this IP that I, that was really dynamite uh, around uh, content marketing. Everybody that heard about it loved the idea, were excited about the idea. But the B2B sales cycle can be grueling. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to big companies and they said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But the problem is you're out of line with our budget cycle. Mm-hmm. We've got to talk to you next year. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're all into this. We're ready to sign the contract. We just had a reorganization. We can't do it. Oh, yes, I'm ready to do it. We'll be back to you next week. Oh, sorry, my boss just got fired. We have to wait till the new boss comes in. And the B2B sales process Hmm. wore me down. And there were so many other things in my life that were much more fun (laughs) (laughs) and much more interesting that I just couldn't do it. And so the lesson is I need help in that area. If I have some sort of entrepreneurial activity, I've got to have help on the sales side to make it work because that is not my strength. The personal selling thing is not my strength. I've got the other bases covered as an entrepreneur. And so that was, I mean, it could have been a success, but the failure was was my mm-hmm. own because I didn't, I didn't listen to my head and really, and really be self-aware like I should have been. Wow. I must tell you that... Um... I started with marketing. I started with service, but then I started with marketing, and I learned to sell as part of the marketing. I, I had a lot of salespeople, so I didn't have any choice. And I mm-hmm. fell in love with selling. And mm-hmm. it's, it's strange. Well, then you and I should I wish that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, and I always say, I love doing marketing. I'm enjoying for 32 years, but almost nothing like the kill of uh, closing a cell. Yes. And I want to ask you, what is the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers? That It can be early in your days as a marketing manager. It can be anywhere. Well, oh boy, see, I've had a career even longer than yours. <laughs> sure. So I've got lots, kind of lots of stories that are spinning through my brain. But um, I think um, I'd like to reflect on a more recent one. And one of the things I'm really proud of and one of the things that I enjoy doing is I have this um, this little thing on my website where people can sign up for an yeah, hour of I my time. That. And the reason I do that is um, what well, started out, <laughs> it started out as a solution to a problem because lots of people would come to me and say, I want to pick your brain, which what they're saying is, I want your advice for free. <laughs> and I, you know, I, and I do like to help people. I do like to help friends. But if I said yes to, to every one of those inquiries, that's all I would do. And all I have to sell in my life is my time. So I can't possibly do that. So I put this little thing on my site where you can sign up for an hour of my time for $200. I figure anybody can afford that. If they can't afford that, then they're really not serious and they'll go away. But what happened was a lot of people sign up. And so I get to talk to people from all over the world in all kinds of different interesting businesses and help them with their their problems. And there's one that kind of sticks out to me. There was a woman who had been very, very successful And she was handling um, malpractice insurance for physicians. And there was a regulatory change in America that basically 
destroyed her business. The doctors were not going to need her services wow. anymore. Wow. So she was calling me, what do I do? What do I do? So I said, well, let's start at the beginning. How did you get into this business? It's in a very unusual business. How did you get into this? And she told me this story that she had been a very sickly child. She had almost died a few times and doctors had saved her life. And she just loved doctors. She loved the medical profession. And she said, Mark, it's so frustrating to me because there's so much paperwork and regulations that the doctors have to deal with. I want to help doctors be doctors. Wow. I, I said, remember hmm. that from known. Yeah, that it's was a known. great I said, story. Yeah. I said, you know, that's, that's really interesting. I said, that's, that's more than just doing malpractice insurance. What other things could you do to help doctors be doctors? That's what you want to be known for. That's what you want to hold on to. And it just, she just was on fire. It just lit her up. She said, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and I have enough relationships with these doctors. I could call them right now. She wrote me an email in one month. All she had to do was go out to her customers and listen and ask the right questions and listen. What more can I do for you? And she had these deep relationships with these, really these deep friendships with these doctors where they were willing to turn over other opportunities for her. And in one month, she had rebuilt her business. Wow. And, but it gets back down to that fundamental idea that we talked about is you need to discover those underserved or unmet needs and find a way to serve them in a way better than anybody else. And that's exactly what she did. And all it took was have, just like you said, the best marketing weapon is a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's uh, Jeremiah Gardner said, but yeah, it is. You know, you got to get out there and, uh, and talk to people and listen. You know that this is, um, I was surprised because I'm asking this question about the best advice. And I interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs like the one we talked about and a lot of others. And almost all of them said in the advice, listen to your customers. And almost none of the entrepreneurs and the startup founders do that. Right. So... And, then the, but, and you look at what's the number one reason for failure? No market demand. Right. 42%. That's the number one reason. So that's why I said it's so important. You have got to build marketing up front into your business plan. It, it can't be last. It can't be DIY. Sure. Uh, when I say DIY, it means, you know, do it yourself. I don't know if that's a common term, but if you need to get help, get help. But you've got to build that into the, wow. the program up front. Matt, before I go to the last question, which is my mountain question, I want to ask you, there are many things or many factors that affect our success or people's success. But I believe that everyone has the most important factor, something unique that really affected their success. So I want to ask you, what is your key success factor? A key success factor for me stems from a wonderful piece of advice I received when I was in graduate school. I had this life-changing opportunity to study for three years under 
a man named Peter Drucker. <laughs> sure. Peter Drucker is, for your listeners who might be um, unfamiliar with him, he is probably the greatest author and business consultant in wow. history. And he, even though uh, he died probably seven or eight years ago, even today, his writing and wisdom from the 70s, from the 80s, from the 90s is still used in business today. And I remember that someone asked him one time, uh, Professor Drucker, you work with tech companies and chemical companies and food companies and coal companies. How could you possibly know so much about all these businesses that you can effectively work and help these businesses? And he said, the key to leadership is not having the right answers. Hmm. It's having the right questions. Hmm. And that is, I think, such a great insight to be successful in the world today is to be humble, to be able to have the courage to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and listen to them and to be curious and to know enough about the world to be able to ask the right questions and to find the right solutions. But it doesn't have to be all on you. And that's how I approach leadership. That's how I approach consulting. You know, I don't go in, I mean, think about it. You go into a company and I'm working with people who have been at this company 20 or 30 years. Yeah. How in the world would I be so arrogant to think that I have answers better than them? Hmm. And so the key to success is not trying to be the smartest person in the room. It's being the most humble person in the room hmm. and, and leading those people to success by helping them find what they're missing, mm -hmm. finding those, you know, and that's what I'm good at. I, I can see how all the dots get connected. I can see how trends come together and where we need to be next. And by, you know, asking the right questions, you can find those opportunities. You can find those possible uh, points of leverage and those innovations that can take a company to the next level or solve an important problem. But it doesn't come from trying to tell people what to do. Hmm. It's listening and helping them find their own truth. I love that so much. And I always tell everybody, each uh, entrepreneur and each startup company, what a good marketer or a good manager knows is that we know nothing. <laughs> we don't know. We know to check. Mm -hmm. Really, I don't know. I know to check mm -hmm. and I can see the answers, but we don't know. And I think it's almost the same. <laughs> and now it's the time for my mountain question. And I always talk about it and I always imagine this journey in uh, building your brand, the awareness, and taking more possession in the mind of the customer regarding to the problem you solve as climbing a mountain and again and again. And I love to ask my guest, did you ever climb a mountain? Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about a physical mountain, or did you ever wish to climb a mountain? In other words, do you have any relationships with mountains? in your history or future? Well, I, I, um, when I was a child, I grew up in 
in a, an American state called West Virginia. But it's it, and it's it's a relatively small state. But the people in West Virginia say it's actually the largest state. God just forgot to flatten it out <laughs> because it, it's called the Mountain State. Basically, the entire state is within the Appalachian Mountain chain in in America. So I grew up in mountains. That's where I love to go to find uh, peace. And a few years ago. I had an opportunity to climb the highest mountain in America outside of Alaska. It's Mount Whitney in California in the Sierra Nevada mountains. It's 15,000 feet high. Wow. So I had to go through special training to climb this mountain because at 15,000 feet, the air is very thin. So I had to take special pills for my blood. I had to go through special training. And the difficult thing about this climb and there is a business lesson here, was that normally when you climb a mountain, you ascend 1,000 feet a day to help your body acclimate. So you do 1,000 feet a day. But when you do Mount Whitney, there's a base camp at 10,000 feet. Okay. And then you go up to 15,000 feet and back wow. down to 10,000 feet in one day. Very, very difficult. And, you know, it's snowy and it's icy, even in the summer. The snow and the ice never leave the top of the mountain. And when you get to the top of the mountain, it's so hot, you're looking down on planes. Oh. That's how high you could look down at planes. So I did okay until about the last thousand feet. And at that point, it was very, very rocky and the rocks were sharp. There wasn't a good path. My legs just felt like they were concrete, and but I, I just couldn't stop because I was there with my friends. We all needed to make it to the top. So I just looked at the feet hmm. of the person in front of me. I just said, keep doing that. <laughs> just watch those feet and take those steps. If they take a step, you take a step. If they take a step, you take a step. I just had to find some way to keep going, some mental framework to keep going, even though my body was quitting. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a great lesson for that in business too. Um, as it's, it's one of the great profound lessons I learned when I was writing the known book is that today in business and in marketing and in building a personal brand, consistency mm -hmm. is more important than genius. I probably looked terrible climbing that mountain, but <laughs> I did it. But I never would have done it if I would have quit, if I would have found some excuse. And even when it's painful, even if, you know, if you're not feeling well or you want to uh, quit, you've got to find some way to keep going. I, I wrote a blog post about this last week where I was out of the country for three weeks recently. Most of it was on vacation. Yeah. And starting in January, I wrote ahead so I would never miss a blog post. Okay. And I, th I think that a lot of people might think, why don't you just skip a week? Why no, The world isn't going to end if you just skip a week. But I just can't do that because people rely on me. They count on me. I'm part of the fabric of their lives. They start their day with a cup of coffee in my blog. And I worked so hard to earn that. And I'm not going to let people down. Because mm -hmm. if you say, yes, I can skip a week. Then the next question is going to be, can you skip two? Hmm. Can you skip three? Is the world going to end? No. But you have to be there. You have to be consistent 
You have to keep working to succeed. It's more important than genius or having the big idea, becoming a habit, becoming part of the fabric of people's lives. Wow, definitely. I definitely agree, and I think this is something new. It's kind of new, the issue of don't stop. Something that came together with the self-entrepreneurial uh, business and with your own personal brand. It's very interesting. And Mark, I just want to ask you, what is the best way to contact you, to connect with you? Because I'm sure there will be people that would like to do that. Well, it's very easy to find me as long as you can remember businessesgrow.com. And at Businesses Grow, you can find my blog. You can find my podcast. I just had the fifth anniversary of my podcast. So I'm very, wow. very proud of that. We just, we just recorded and published our fifth anniversary show, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's, and, a, fun, it's, a, it's a great one. Yeah. Yeah, thank mm. you. And you can find my books there and lots of, lots of free resources for businesses of every size. It's businessesgrow.com. And we'll put the link, of course, in the show notes of this uh, interview. Mark, I would like to thank you so much. It has been inspiring and educating, and I enjoyed every minute of that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.